All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Beat, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sports books. I'm, of course, Nick Bywater, along with Brennan Quinn. Basketball hoops crossover time, or I'm sorry, basketball football crossover time. Oh, man, I That's right, about to steal it's all that, your thunder, it's man. It's that time of year, mid-December, where everyone is like, I don't give a shit about anything. I am checked out, right? Isn't yep. that kind of the vibe yep. everyone's throwing around? I'm kind of yep. sensing that from people right now, it's, which is fine. I have no problem with that, but, you know. It's that, like, stressed out holiday that yep. starts getting cold. You walk outside, and the, that one morning for the first time, it really punches you right in the yep. right in the chops. You're like, oh, boy. Said, oh, shit. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, and then I think the frustration starts to build. It's beautiful out today. This, I could have nice golfed today if I didn't yeah. have so much goddamn work to do. But yeah, nice uh, yeah man, this is basketball is kind of in that weird time, and we're going to talk a lot about this yeah. a lot. Where the games seem very important. Yes. The results feel seem very yeah. seem very important. Right. And the reactions speak to that, and they're not, and yeah, right. and, I, and it's not. So, um, and then football, you got you're in this weird, yeah, it's finals kind of time, days of the season's over. You know, the playoffs set. When is this game? In like eight weeks uh, yeah, or something. December. Like well, I was actually doing the math earlier because I was trying to plan out a couple stories, and I was like, oh shit, it's actually coming up a little faster than I thought. So. It is actually, well, that's because you've been lacking. Right. So. Yeah, New Year's Eve. So, and then the Peach Bowl would be the day before, I believe. Um, okay. Right around the same time. So, yeah, we got a couple weeks. We got about two and a half weeks. So, yeah, you're in that weird. You know, the uh, the signing period is right now uh, for the teams that stretch to close. But we also when is signing day? Uh, next week or this week? Is it this week or next week? One of the two. It's coming up. I, that I don't know. <laughs> that it's not something that I really. Worry about as much thing. these days, and honestly, I'm not too worried about that. So, God bless you. Um, <laughs> but this is the time of year we just wrapped it up, and this is where we're going to start off with this. We're going to do some Michigan State and Michigan hoops as both teams kind of uh, off to some interesting starts. But this is also Michigan, Michigan State related. Award season just wrapped here in college football. Okay, and this year. <laughs> Maybe more than any other year, and I'm not. Maybe speaking, not. Speaking of overwrought reactions, maybe not more. Holy than, shit! Maybe not more than any other <laughs> year because I feel like it's becoming a, an annual thing. Mm-hmm. But it was a rough go uh, for the Heisman. <laughs> it was a rough go for the Heisman voting this year for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Um, I am a Heisman voter. You are not a Heisman voter. I have thoughts on all. No. This, of course, <laughs> I have thoughts on all this. You could be probably, and that's kind of probably. The point. You yep. know, I mean, but did you see what did you ha- did you have thoughts from afar on any of this stuff here? The Heisman hubbub, Kenneth Walker not, not getting really. in. Uh, I, I can't uh, say the kid from that Alabama I not did. Getting in. I I didn't have a thought. I I I, I kind of wanted a uh, wanted Walker to go just because it would have been cool to have a Michigan and a Michigan State guy yeah. there, and people would have gotten right. you know all riled up about that. But uh, and I think both were when deserving. it didn't work out that way, yeah. It, right, it didn't work out okay. that way. It's like whatever, right? And you move on. And I, so it was a strange. I tweeted this at the end of all the back and forth that, like, I feel like it's an uns, one of the many unsolvable problems that we have about human beings is yeah. that we just do not do well with awards. <laughs> we do not do well with awards for so many reasons. <laughs> they are far too important to some, and they're nowhere near important enough to others. Right, like all this sort of thing. 
wherever you lie on them. But like what this year more than any did was like the tribalism showed in so many areas. And it was a shame because when you do that, this guy should have been there, which means that guy shouldn't have been there. It, it just leads to like banging on guys who all had terrific seasons. And I, saw, I just saw too many. If you thought this guy should have been there and that guy shouldn't have been there, then you're an idiot. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. So here's the reality. We only get three guy. We only get three nominations. So you're a Heisman voter. You only get three. If you're someone who watches this stuff, you know, inside and out, which is impossible to do, right? You look at all the games you've yeah. got. You know, I try to pay attention to two teams as close as I humanly can. And I'm about frying my brain out every year. I can't imagine having to do it for a hundred. No one does that, right? Mm -hmm. So you're trying to sort it as best you can. Juggle all these things. It's the most uneven, imbalanced sport, as we talk about all the time. In in America, yeah. there yeah. are no apples-to-apples apples comparisons in terms of any position-to-position, player-to-player, right? Right. I just think of it like along basketball terms yeah. because of efficiency stats right. and adjusted efficiency right. stats. Like We don't really have you, that here. You are able to compare things regardless of position, regardless of league, whatever. In football, like who the best player in college football could be the cornerback right. from Oregon exactly. State who has right. five interceptions. I was going to say, those. I misspoke. We can actually determine that. We do usually determine that, but people don't want to say. They don't want to hear it because it's like right. because one of the most impactful guys in sport in college football this year were probably Hutchinson and uh, Will Anderson from Alabama, the the kid, the two defenders. So I mean, like those are probably those guys should have probably been one and two. That's if you really want to get into the weeds. But you know, I mean, this is this is run by the Heisman Trust from five hundred years back or whatever it is, and like <laughs> it's a it's been a quarterback's award forever, and there are voters, right. young and old, who just. You know, so you got all this stuff going on. And for me, it all goes back to, and I talked with Jack Ebling um, earlier in the, last week, and Jack has um, been long involved with the Heisman. And Jack has been a longtime uh, steward of the award. He gets people votes. I think he takes votes back when necessary. All this stuff. <laughs> Lifetime. You know, Amazing. Jack, of course, right? Jack's the, the Heisman gateway in Michigan. So I talked to Jack, <laughs> and I, you know, and I think he agreed, but like, there are always issues with this sort of thing. And he asked me, like, mm -hmm. what's the one thing that needs to change here? And I said, I, we need more nominations. If you can nominate, if I could have nominated five guys, I would have had no problem. I wouldn't have felt like I left anybody off. But I felt like I left two guys off. And if I nominate five guys and you bring the top five, I have no problem. And if the sixth guy is going to bitch and whine, then whatever. It's the sixth guy. But sometimes I feel like we have, sure. like, the third guy bitching and whining. And you're like, well, I mean, he might have a reason to bitch and whine. So... You know, it's sure. like, at the end of the day, the two things hold up. We don't do well with awards, but I would like to see the Heisman expand the nomination list. But I, part of it is just like, and I was talking with Jack, I'm like, part of it's just always going to be, and I think that's part of the draw of the Heisman is it's never going to be cut the same way. It's always going to be like, what the hell's going on? A little bit, right? Like, mm -hmm. no. so I think that's just part of the award. But it was an interesting year, to say, this, to say the least. Interesting year. I mean, the the... <laughs> The thing that I laugh at is, yeah, the the reactions like the, that the visceral reactions where people have as if like <laughs> they didn't get nominated, right. like they personally didn't exactly. get nominated, and it's like, yeah. and I understand attaching yourself to someone, and fans are one thing, but like even some media gets yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. Uh, what the hell's going on here, like, are you, 
Well, yeah. yikes, yikes. You know, I mean, I've I've covered guys who I thought deserved to be honored and didn't, and I'm like, well, <laughs> sorry, <That> bro. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And again, I just, I think that there's this, it's what do you, right, exactly. Like, are you upset? Like, you know, there are people, for uh, you know, that were around Kenneth Walker all year that I think got to know him that were upset that he missed out on that opportunity, you know, because sure. it's like, hey, man, that sucks. You didn't get to go uh, to New York and be in the Heisman finalist with your family and all that. That would have been an awesome moment. And that's the main reason. But there's also more people, I would argue, who are mad because it could have been turned into a social media graphic with Mel Tucker smoking a cigar. And in the bottom corner, it would have had Kenneth Walker's name with the Heisman. It would have been Heisman winner! Mel Tucker's program! <laughs> Kenneth Walker the third, down at the bottom. Like, so, you know, like, I, Mel, and that's not Mel Tucker. He's probably upset because. Hey, I, w- I wanted, you know, Ken- Kenneth Walker was the, the reason why Michigan State was 10-2 this year. The reason. Sure. Right? We all know that. He was, there's probably... We're, no one is taking anything away there, from Kenneth Walker. And this is why I did vote him in my top three. And mm-hmm. because part of it is, again, it was like, well, I don't know what to do when I get down to these. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to put five guys in. I can only put three. And for me, I always think about it like this. Like, if they took you off your team... What would your team be? And it's like, if they took him off that team, it, I, yeah. Jesus, man, would they be in a bowl? Yeah. They'd probably be in a bowl, but I mean, it wouldn't would be a good be, bowl, right. right? Yeah. So, you know, They'd like... They'd be down there in the Sarsaparilla yeah, Bowl I mean, hey, something. and people would have been like, maybe we're making some progress here, but Mel, would, Mel Tucker wouldn't have gotten a 10-year fucking contract. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, right. so like, think about that, right? And I, I look at it with Hutchinson. Yeah. And I was like, take him off the team. They are not beating Ohio State. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. They already lost to Michigan State. And he had a hell of a game that day, too. No one all year blocked him. Every single rep I saw, mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. is what it is. And then I saw Bryce Young, and I watched him quarterback the biggest win of the year by any quarterback all season long. And he made throws in that game and thought to myself, take him off the field, and I don't think they win that game. So, like... That's how I try to do it, and it's like it's the best way I can. I don't know. I mean, you could say the same thing about Kenny Pickett. You could say the same thing about uh, Anderson from Alabama. Some of those kids from Georgia, probably too. You know, the back, the linebacker, to Kobe Dean. Some of these kids. Right. I mean, there's a lot of guys this year, and that's why you know when I was talking to Jack, I'm like, I think that it's great that we're having the discussion, and it's more of a discussion now that other players are being looked at, like more college football writers. I'm ecstatic that younger writers are looking and looking at other players other positions but i did say to jack i was like Mm -hmm. but that means we've got you know you've got to expand the nomination list because i do think that you're going to see more of this you're going to see more writers looking at defensive players or you know players that we're just not used to seeing you know because we all see football differently now than we used to right we see it more analytically Mm -hmm. and up close i think everybody does so it can be fixed, but I just there's no reason to scream and yell about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god! There's man. no reason and to like, get this mad or act like somebody stole the award from you or kept you out of the award. And I know that the Heisman and, Trust is an old cigar smoke filled operation. Yeah, dude. Oh come on! Absolutely. Like, come on. But at the same time, like it's hard because our just our reality is so distorted because of the nature of Twitter, and that's what we yeah, see. And I it's know, this echo chamber of lunacy, but. <laughs> You know, like when Walker doesn't get the nod, and I'm just yeah. seeing like this the, the chaos ensued, the the, vi- you know? the reaction from like Michigan State of yeah. both both that it's Michigan's fault, 
Right. That Aiden Hutchinson's fault. It's the blue wall, and, and Aiden Hutchinson are the reason that Walker didn't go. And I'm like, that's well, that doesn't add up to me yeah. because there's like 480-something voters, right. and they're not all Michigan people. 900 try, by the way. And then there's like this notion of, you know, oh, right. well, it's because Michigan's the bigger uh, brand, yeah, you know, national brand, and that's why. And then I'm like, well, fucking, that's not wrong. Suck. I don't know. I don't know who the hell this guy from Pitt is. That is and not Pitt wrong. Suck. Like, but that's also like Pitt not- doesn't suck. But like Pitt football, who cares? Wrong, yeah, yeah. And I get he's a quarterback. It's just like, hey, man, you know, the votes are the votes. And just it's a he weird probably deal. came up yeah. pretty damn short. It's a weird deal. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just and the other thing I would say, too, and I said this a lot. And Kenneth Walker was a hard one for me. I put him in there, mm-hmm. but I thought a long time about it because the other factor that I have in that one that I try to keep myself to as best I can is did you play Were you at your best when you absolutely had to be? And right. Walker's answer to that question is a little difficult because he was the reason why they beat Michigan. Their best win of the year, right? But I would argue, you know, he needed to be his best, his biggest game of the year, his biggest stage of the year, healthy or not, was Ohio State. That was the biggest game of the well, year. Yeah, but but at the same time, he could have rushed for goddamn 300 yards and they still wouldn't have won that game. You don't know that. <laughs> if they had a pulse offensively yes, and could have kept pace... <laughs> If they had a pulse offensively and could have kept pace, you have no idea how the train. But one guy was not. One guy was saying. not keeping pace. With I'm just that. saying, right. okay. if he would have made it, if he would have gone in there and had a hell of an effort, if it would have been, hey, you got your ass kicked, but goddamn, you know, Kenneth Walker came mm-hmm. out here and had a hell of a day. Like, fair. Okay. okay, now, now we're talking. Like, and that didn't happen. So you know, and I'm not saying whose fault that was or whatever, but that didn't happen. So that was the thing where I was like, he was a hard one, just because for me that was the thing that stuck with me was like. He, I did not think he was at his best you know, on the biggest game of the year for his team. That was the Ohio State game. That was more important than the Michigan game. and, and It just was for the for what they're trying to do as a program and everything else. And I would also argue that as you go forward with Michigan State, your personal thoughts on Michigan aside, you, you should probably start looking at this that way. You need sure. to start looking at Ohio State as the bigger test because at the end of the day, that's the, you know, you've got, you know, or whatever's there, whatever it might be. If it's Michigan, mm-hmm. it's Michigan, but like, if you're trying to be the big bad wolf here, you know, it's got to be something more than that. But yeah, it was a hard one, um, but an entertaining watch. Uh, <laughs> if nothing else, to see the the outrage. CJ Stroud getting in, Desmond Howard talked shit at him at the at the uh, thing. Did you see this? Did you, have you heard about this? That was that was a weird. Uh, I heard about it. I have <laughs> not people, watched people did not the take clip. that well uh, overall. Or he, I don't know. So that's over. With. What was your What was your take on it? Just, like these I things, think the Heisman I, I, ceremony is so awkward. It's like it just it lends itself to awkward moments like that. Like I, I it's uncomfortable. All these guys are in there in tuxedos and suits and this tiny little ballroom. It's uncomfortable. The whole thing's uncomfortable. I I think it's too stuffy. It's yeah. not of the time anymore, and it hasn't been. I would argue in some time. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah, it's weird. You know, it should be a lot cooler than this. It should be bigger and better, and something that people are more excited about and not ready to complain about all the time. You know, like uh huh. It used to be when I was a kid, it was a big deal. The Heisman was a big fucking deal, right? Like everybody loved it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And you wanted your guy to win, but if you didn't win, you weren't like, dude, this is bullshit. You didn't burn the house down. You know, like <laughs> whatever. You moved on. I, we don't I do well with say, the words, man. This is completely unrelated, but related. And I, I assume that you're yeah. on the same page here. And probably a lot of our listeners are too. I Man, I'm at the point 
where like you see this thing trending, Desmond said this and all that, and everyone's retweeting the thing. I'm now just like purposefully like, you know what? I'm not watching it. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. And when people br- and when people bring it up, I'm not gonna have any idea what they're talking about. Yeah, and I'm I just agree. gonna be blissfully ignorant. Yeah. And I'm not man. gonna give a yeah. shit. I feel like And Abe's, I used to be like, oh, what's this? What's this thing? What's this? And I'm just so burned out with stupid I feel like shit Abe Simpson, anymore. That, Abraham man. Simpson every day. Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> I mean, yesterday, did you see all the people tweeting about the uh, F1, the F1 race on Twitter? Oh, in the morning, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like that, that series, it became super popular. Yes. 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 I see this and I'm just, I saw it. I'm just like, I don't, I, I wouldn't even know where to find the energy <laughs> to... <laughs> To get myself in the space to like attack that whole experience. How do you pick up? A, how just, do you pick up a new hobby? That's right. I was just like <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to wrap my head around because people were just all the way into it, like at a level mm-hmm. that I was a little surprised at. I was just like, "This." And is... at like nine o'clock in the morning. Now, hey, whatever the hell time it was. Hey, I was a. I grew up around. I'm a, a Midwestern kid of a working class, auto racing loving family. <laughs> Uh, uh, the open wheel stuff, when done right, is uh, pretty impressive, actually. But, you know, I mean, I can understand the appeal, it. but this seemed a little crazy to me. I always liked the uh, IndyCar cars better than the NASCAR cars, myself. I'm not you a big racing that, uh, guy. That, I never liked it. That but. Jeff Gordon era? I don't see you liking Jeff I didn't Jeff like Gordon, Jeff Gordon. Though. I liked... <laughs> no, I preferred the uh, Al Unser. Remember Al Unser Jr.? <laughs> like, uh, of course. The, the wide... <laughs> yeah, with the Barbaro car. That one. Uh-huh. That was my card. And then, like, that went away or whatever. I don't know what I was Very on brand. I was like, you probably fucking, you, sh- you shave with Barbasol, don't you? That big old, I don't shave. That big old metal foam. Look, look at, no, I have a, look, listen. I have a thing in the shower. It's electrical, electric razor that goes on and off in the shower, okay? You already know the answer to these questions. You and you, and you, you're in that very, you're in the very impressive uh, group that shaves your head <sighs> at the same oh, length well, that you shave your face at. I used to be able to do that all at once in the same, I had a clipper that would do it, but it broke, so. We're out of that, we're, <laughs> we're out of that, uh, out of that efficient era. I can, if anybody's got any uh, recommendations, we're off the tracks here. We've got uh, some Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State basketball <laughs> To talk about, of course, which I thought this was a good time to reset on all this um, because uh-huh. both teams actually had interesting starts separately, you know, for different reasons. I wanted to start with Michigan State, though. Um, sure. And so much about what we talked about earlier in the year, before the season, you know, in the summer, was you know Tyson Walker, how that would mm-hmm. fit, how quickly it would fit, um, and all the things, you know, on and on. I, it seems like it's going well. Right, I think that that might might be an <laughs> understatement. Okay, <laughs> I guess what I would ask you though is, I saw today that you know I think um, Bart Torvik, uh, the efficiency uh, guy, the metrics guy, does a great job there with mm-hmm. with the college basketball mm-hmm. stuff. Has Michigan State now as his um, early, of course, but you know projected Big Ten winner. Great yep. stuff early. So like, unpack this a little bit for me. Is this about what you thought, way more than you thought, sustainable, not sustainable, sort of, where, where are you seeing this here for Michigan State I, as they enter this comfortable zone here? I think they've been very good. I think they've exceeded expectations. And the most impressive part is that they've done so without, like, anything incredible. Yeah, you know right. What I mean, anything, like, completely yeah, yeah, exactly. unforeseen. 
Like, it's not like Tyson Walker walked it wasn't in. wasn't impossible. And it, yeah. And has been playing, and everyone's like, holy shit, this guy's mm-hmm. a second-team All-American. Like, he's playing really well. Yeah. He's not playing, like, that well. That's what I mean. And, right. and Gabe Brown's been good, but he hasn't, like, he's not suddenly playing at an all-conference level. Marcus Bingham's probably certainly ahead of, you know, kind of those con- those constantly tapered, tampered, yeah. whatever expectations, you know. But... He's okay. He's, he's been he's really good. good. He's a quality and that's player. Good. Yeah. Max Christie, people were thinking he might be one of the best freshmen in the country. He's been good. <laughs> like right. nothing crazy. Malik Hall's had a couple really nice games, I think. But as a unit, there you go. Collectively, they are one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um like, like sustainably one of the best defensive teams in the country. This is not a fluke. Yeah. This is what they are going to be. That's exactly. their identity. That's what I was, yeah. And you know, with that as the basis, they've been able to figure out how to win games. And they've been able to figure out what they look like, what the roles are, so on and so forth. Even with a guy like that you had maybe projected to be better than he has been, a guy, Joey Hauser, even yeah. with him not playing to the level you want to see. They're still just figuring it out and plodding along and winning games. They have a pretty, you know relatively set rotation they know who they are they've won good games um you know nothing crazy mm-hmm. but you know the Yukon wins a very nice win the Loyola Chicago win is a very nice win and then you know what Butler's a eh, but it was a road win and right they won yeah. it. you know what I mean so like yeah. their only two losses are Baylor and Kansas Number one and number three on Ken Palm. Right. No no harm there. And, uh, yeah, they, they came out here in their first two Big Ten games, and they looked exactly like the team that came out of the, those early non-conference games and took care of business against Minnesota, took care of business against Penn State. They are rare, They are good. I think they're legitimately good. I think Tyson Walker is just going to get better <clears throat> right. and better and better. And because of the basis that the defense affords them and because I like the trajectory – of Tyson Walker, of Malik Hall, of Max Christie, of Gabe Brown, of Marcus Bingham. There's a lot to suddenly like about this team. Well, there's a lot to suddenly like on teams when they when they because this this looks familiar. I was watching them the other night against I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was UConn. But I'm like, well, this looks like a Izzo basketball team, right? Yeah. That's what it looks like. You just went down the list. The thing of it is, when you go over and you look back through the years, the the best Izzo teams are the ones that just don't have any shitty guys out there. They don't have any like weak links. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, all these guys are guys that are giving you quality. It's it, and I think the thing that maybe would be sustainable for them, as I look at it on the outside, of course, from five hundred thousand feet above, would be that all the guys that you mentioned are going to continue to get better, and they have the ability to at some point. You know, this is what takes you from you know good to maybe really good. Somebody maybe goes you know even higher than maybe you yes. thought they could go by the time February turns to March. But and they have guys that are right. candidates. But right that. now, multiple guys. Right, they're just and you you see what what defense and playing like that and having kind of that toughness quotient for Izzo, mm-hmm. what it does because that's what the, I mean. I would ask you that. Does this look like a familiarish? You know, oh, it change, does, of course. Sure. But I mean, you know, it's not exactly the same as every team, but like. That's what it felt like to me, vibing anyway, just like how, how they play, how they go possession to possession, you know? And even in the certain deficiencies, like, you know, it's the early yeah. season and, and, and they're, they're <laughs> turning it over, you know, they're, they're turning it over like Izzo teams turn it over in November and December, you know, and like, exactly. you want to talk about the trajectory 
you know, right now they're like top 50 in the country in uh, uh, length of possession. And yeah. they're like top 75 in the country in tempo. Those numbers are going to go down. Mm-hmm. And the turnovers are going to go down. And by oh, yeah. Big Ten, like, yes, I, you know, the eye test, I feel like, matches what Bartorvik is saying in terms of, like, this thing might be projecting out I to agree. being a legit uh, Big Ten championship contender. I mean, and, you, you know, he, I, yeah. I saw them as, like, in that borderline. I think I had them a little bit higher than most people did. But yeah. I still had them outside of that top three. That, mm-hmm. that you know, everyone kind of nailed it to the wall, right? In some order, Michigan, Illinois, Purdue. And yeah. then everyone else. And I kind of had, like, Michigan State at, like, toward the top of everyone else. And right now, though, I, I think it's now a top four. In yeah. terms of who's going to actually win this thing. And a lot can happen. Those teams can get yeah. a lot better. Um, you know, Illinois could, for all we know, they get Curbelo back. They figure some things out. And they start rocking and rolling in, in February. And they just go on a tear. All those right. things can happen. Purdue is still Purdue. It, it's very much a top five team in the country. Um, Michigan, which we'll talk about, you know. Yeah. I, everyone's everyone's all hot and bothered right now. I, I don't know if I would can completely count them out, but you know, they obviously have a ton of work to do and their their bridge is a lot longer than Michigan State's right now in terms yeah, of it's, yeah, finding exactly. itself. Walker just doesn't seem like a guy that you have to worry about a lot, you know? Like he's just like I was reading uh Colton wrote something the other day on mm-hmm. it, or maybe it was today, I don't know. But uh, he had a quote in there about, you know, defense and stuff and you know, I'm not trying yeah. to let somebody get a scholarship off me. I'm not trying to let somebody get paid off me. And I'm like, okay, well, like, <laughs> he's going to be fine. Like, I mean, there's not yep. going to be any problems there. I mean, like, you're right. Like, his assist turnover stuff's going to only improve as, it, as the season goes on, as they get more intricate with other details. But if he is sort of the head of his, head of the snake and has that sort of mindset defensively, they're not going to be a team that I would want to play at any point come February no. March, period. I, I mean, I, I don't care if they win the Big Ten or not. If they've got a point yeah. guard that can get down and do that the way Izzo wants – him too? Okay. Well, probably not going to be pretty for the other side. It's not going to be fun. I mean, you know, they're not a perfect team, but that's what they feel like to me, a team that's going to make you earn it, you know? Like, he, uh, and you look at the thing, like, right now, he's playing high, high-level defense. Right. He is top 10 in the country in his history. Exactly. That alone. I mean, take yeah. everything else out. That, fine. You, yeah. t- you take that right now. Every day. Um, yeah, right. At, at the same time, you look at the things that that he can improve upon, and they're yeah. all a thousand percent plausible. Okay, so his turnovers, I think he's going to get better. Right now, he's shooting like under forty percent on twos. Right, mm-hmm. I still think he's kind of figuring out exactly. finishing. He's figuring out when to call his own number. He's figuring out, you know, how to finish at this level, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Right, right. Um, he he shot about fifty one percent on twos as a freshman and a sophomore at Northeastern. That's who he is. Those numbers you're going to see, I, I think, go up. He's been very conservative in his three-point shooting, and I think that's the right call. He's only taken 14 this year, mm-hmm. and that's the right move yeah. because you've got Gabe Brown out there, to. and you've yeah. got Max Christie out there, and you don't need to call your own number no. if you're if you're Tyson Walker um, in terms of shooting threes. You take them when you get them, but that's it. So, like, I, I really like everything that's uh, – that's trending there. And you know they're going to have a couple bad games and at some point everyone's going to be like, oh, shit, they're not good. Well, right. And Walker's, this, I think you know, right now what you're seeing is the reality of what of what you can yeah. be hoping for come late February into March. 
And that's the thing. Physically, Walker's got to be able to go through this Big Ten season. And we all know mm-hmm. that that's not nothing. That's a challenge for everybody who's never done it before. But, like, I do think that that mindset, right, is probably going to carry him. Uh, Michigan, on the other hand, uh, has uh-huh. not started the way that people – Michigan State surprises some folks and goes ahead of where they, people thought they would. Maybe not Maybe not you as much. But Michigan has struggled. And uh, – I know you wrote about them uh, before the Minnesota game, and then they <laughs> went out and lost um, <laughs> immediately. So that did not age well in uh, the span of four you know, days. I got. I guess before we get going, is there is it a is it a myriad of issues? Would you say is it one issue? Oh yeah. Uh, no. Well, what's going on here with Michigan? As uh, as we said, I'd I, w- I would I think it's safe to say Nick that it's, it's a, myriad a myriad of issues. Of, of, Usually of issues. Um, <laughs> But I know we have one question about um, someone asking why do we get why do people get excited about five stars and yeah. things like that, and I think to a degree it brings up in a way um, the current roster makeup that mm-hmm. that this team has right, right. and uh, based on the reactions from fans to the loss against Minnesota, um, you know, it's a, a lot of it is, you know, Devontae Jones, this, 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 this. And a lot of it is, you know, are we sure Juwan Howard can coach? Blah, 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 Back blah. Back to that right? already, are we? Jesus. Already. <laughs> already. Yeah, I shut I shut down the mentions early because I was, whatever. But let's look at Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, right now you have a top nine. In your roster rotation, it's two seniors, mm-hmm. Eli Brooks and Brandon Johns. Sure, it's a trans, it's a senior transfer from the Sun Belt. Right. It's two sophomores and three freshmen. Right. So, look, like I get that talent-wise, people wanted instant reaction, wanted instant. Uh, gratification and want to see a team that gives Final Four hopes right away and everything's figured out and they just get rocking and rolling and they look like, you know, a couple of those beeline teams that started out whatever, 16-1 and and blah, 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 right? And they're top three in the country. Um, This isn't going to be that. And look, they were overranked coming into the year, okay? Uh, But I do think over... I think the reaction right now is going a little bit overboard in people tweeting at me that they're clearly an NIT team. This is a disaster, blah, blah, blah. And look, hey, fuck, for all I know, maybe they just end up stinking at the end of the year. Sure, possible. And I will certainly admit to it at the time that I was perhaps a bit too um, trusting right now that things will ultimately work out okay. But I, I, I do think they things are going might. to be okay. But in terms of like this team figuring itself out, and look, they have deficiencies. I'm not discounting the mm. fact that the shooting right now is shit. The turnovers are bad. There are major issues on defense. There are major issues at the point guard position. There are major issues in trying to get everything that you want out of Hunter Dickinson. Like they all very real. Okay, yeah. but like. It does take time for these teams oh, sure. to come together and just look at who's at the top of the country 
Look at who's playing the best in the Big Ten. They are older teams. Oh, okay? always. Last couple of years we've and, seen this. Yeah. Remember the and, Michigan and State, the, Miles Bridges team that was so talented that everybody was like, this fucking team? Like, ex- yeah. <laughs> there hard. is going to be yeah. some of that. Um, mm-hmm. So, And some nights they're going to look like the damn Globetrotters out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's going to happen like, too, you know? One of the... Like, you watch Baylor yesterday, and you're like, this goddamn team looks like it is ready to walk into the NCAA tournament today. Yeah, they're just a machine. They're they're old. They got guys all over the court. Um, They are uh, experienced. They've played together. You have guys who have waited their turn and are stepping into their roles. And, And Michigan, you just... You watch them go out there, and it looks like there are five guys on five different pages at any given yeah. time. And look, and look, that's there is a lot of talent out there. It's on the staff to figure out how to make this thing work. There have been some rotations on the court where you're just like, why, why are these five guys out there together, right? And those are things that I don't think you expect to see as much in January and into right. February. And if you are, obviously that's a concern, but like. For now, watching a half of basketball and throwing your hands up and saying that the team sucks, I think it's just kind of preposterous well, of when, yeah. like, we've seen this before, right? 2018, they were 7-3. and three. People freaked out. That team was fine. 2017, they were 7-3. and three. Did not look good at times. Yeah. They were just fine. 2014, they were 6-4. and four They had bad. some struggles. They lost to Charlotte, mm-hmm. you know, and people were, like, coming off the Final Four they were the best thinking that the they were going to be rocking and rolling, yeah. and they, yeah, they... They ate mm-hmm. shit real quick, and that worked out okay. Now that's obviously a different staff and a different time, but this is this is an interesting test for Juwan Howard, man, because this is outside of Eli and Brandon Johns. It's your guys, my yeah. man, you know, and and now you get to prove that you can win with with your guys and and make the adjustments that it takes over the course of a season to correct issues. I still wonder, as you were talking there, like you know. The first two teams that he had here were teams, and they were extensions of someone else's program. Uh huh. They were individual team, and every team is an individual team. But you know, you mentioned Baylor and, and guys coming up through the program and waiting their turn, and Michigan State even to a degree, not to a degree, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you know, Juwan Howard, I don't think's been at Michigan long enough yet to totally establish. And if you want to, you know, people want to immediately throw their hands up in the air and throw a fit, that's fine. But like, I don't know if he's been there long enough yet all things considered to totally establish the identity of what the program is going to be mm-hmm. in terms of what it does on the court. You know what I mean? Just in terms of how it plays. And basically I think that when we've seen where we think it's going to go, and that's kind of a free flowing, like NBA style system, which sort of leads me to my next thing here, which is the, the, the trick seems to be like, they've got a lot of really talented players who are probably going through confidence issues right now, but wouldn't it make sense that the trick to this whole thing would be you fix whatever's wrong with Hunter Dickinson and then have him sort of carry everyone else along for the ride? I think that might be well, where they I go mean, it's here. Tough. Di- I don't know. Dickinson is the nature of his position. You're reliant on those around you. You're reliant on the ball movement yeah, around you. You're true. reliant on having three-point shooting around you that forces teams to actually defend the perimeter. You know, like but if the point guard position isn't particularly strong that messes up you know your ball screen options to get him the ball that 
then in turn leads to stagnant ball movement. Right. And if three-point shooting isn't good, that leads to troubles in spacing. And that allows teams, to, yeah. it allows teams to double harder. It allows teams to cheat down on him and dig on him all the time, whatever you want to do, right? If you can just leave guys on the court. If there's three guys on the court that you don't have to defend at the three-point line, yeah. well, what the hell is Hunter Dickinson supposed to do? Because he can be defended by three guys. So, you know, they... Some guys need to get on track, first yeah. of all, right? Some guys need to play better. Um, and a lot of it is asking guys to grow up fast. Caleb Houston, congratulations on being a well, five-star recruit. Right. Now you get to grow up really quick because you're being asked I'm to saying. do a ton. But that's what like, I'm saying. you also have to look at this personnel, and this is a big test for Juwan and this staff. These guys aren't going to become different players. No. So you need to design the shit that will work for the bodies that you have and the skill sets that they right. have. I wrote I wrote it like last week. Like Devontae Jones made it very clear very early that he is not Mike Smith and that he is not Xavier Simpson in terms of what he can do with the ball yeah. in his hands and the reads that he makes and how he plays at a ball screen. He can do other things, I'm sure, right? Right. You need to lean into those things because and they've started to do that. Um but, you know, if there was a while there, they were kind of trying to let him do things that other guys did, and it didn't work out. So all, across the board, you, you got to find out what each guy is most capable of and put them well, in a position to do those things. It's coaching one-on-one, yeah. right? This is right. not rocket science. But and what the I'm answers saying. are, I have, I, have no, I'm, I have no idea. And I think it's impossible <laughs> because that's what I'm saying earlier, like to the point about – you know, they have an identity as, of what they want to be as a program, but it really hasn't been established. They haven't played enough games, I don't, you know, like yeah. to really have that foundation to lean on in these moments. Really, this is when the foundation's built right here is when you set the standard of performance at every spot on the floor and kind of go to every guy and be like, if there's an area of your game, Terrence Williams or whoever else that like you look at the kid and be like, not good enough. Like, and mm-hmm. this is what is good enough. And so... You know, I, sometimes I wonder, like, have they been there long enough to totally, totally have that to lean on in these moments, or is he still sort of... Because the first two years with Jawan Howard was, like, fu- taking all these pieces that were floating all over the place, yeah, but even still, and arranging them. Now, it's you've got the pieces, so what's... But even know? still, you look at that 2020 team, your standard? they go... Or, uh, yeah, 2020 team, yeah. they come ripping and tearing out of the gates that 1920 season, Jawan's first one here. That's true. Ripping and tearing out of the gates, beat... Gonzaga, they're seven and zero. They're ranked the third in the country, yeah. but they weren't that good. They weren't that good yet. Mm-hmm. And what happens? The next seven weeks, they start losing games left and right. They 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 started two and six in the league that year. They did, yeah. You know, they were eleven and eight after starting seven and zero, and uh, you know, and and all that process, like the stuff you would would have wanted to learn in the first couple of weeks, they were learning through that period. Yeah, and like I wrote last week, like, and I I do stand by it. That they're learning stuff about themselves right now that are going yeah. to that's going to that's going to bear fruit later in the year. That if they had played a, if yeah. they had played a weaker schedule, or if they had whatever, um, it would have just masked the realities of what were going to be issues with this team one way yeah. or another. So look, that Minnesota loss that was a bad loss, and they played like shit. Their defense was terrible. Right. They looked uninspired. They Not looked good. plainly. Uninspired. Yeah. The building was dead. Wow. And a lot of people were tweeting at me being like, well, 
what the hell is there to cheer for? And I'm like, well, you know, man, Damn it's it, kind Ward, of a give and take the being students. a good... It's kind, it's kind of a give and a take being a fan there, man. Like, sometimes you got to get your boys right. going a little bit. Like, shit, there. there's, who goes to a game and it's just like, entertain me! <laughs> I will cheer for you. Everyone there, apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like... I was like, at some point in the second half, yeah. like you know, you need the crowd to kind of get get behind you and give you a little boost. But there was Jesus. there was not a lot of anything. So, uh, yeah, they that was just a bad night, and mm. you hope that that's a pretty stark wake up call. But I I've heard from you know some conversations in and around kind of that the program. Yeah, I think they came. I think a lot of these guys came into that season saying, "You're goddamn right, we're a top five team in the country." Yeah, I'm sure they did. And we are, we are this good, right? And they, they thought that way. They walked that way. They played that way, <laughs> but they had no idea how to actually be the team that they thought they were. Now and we're gonna do some running. You, you see Eli Brooks, <laughs> Eli Brooks coming out after the Minnesota game saying, uh, "Some guys near need to realize that this ain't high school." Yeah, right. What do you? Eli Brooks has never said anything in his no. life, God bless him. You know, I mean, he's the nicest guy, and he just kind of has this disposition that, like, he would never say anything like that publicly. This reminds me so much of... In the last four years. And and then he said that after the Minnesota game. And I was talking to Ben Johnson, the head coach of Minnesota, because yeah. to the victor go to the... Spoons, oh, of course. And my, and damn my right. Words. Yeah, so damn I'm right. to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I read, I read the, the comment later, I think it was on UM Hoops, and oh. I was like, holy shit. Good for you, Eli. Like, that's what they need. Yeah. That's what yeah. they need. And if he's, and if he's going to be that guy, they're going to be better off. And that's the fact that that's happened in December is a good thing. If they've had so many stretches over time with young kids that come through here on the heels of, you know, and yeah, I remember um, Jordan Morgan one time said, like, I'm pretty sure we have a social media epidemic on our basketball team. <laughs> because it was like at the beginning of Twitter and Instagram. Well, not the beginning of Twitter, but it was like the beginning of Instagram. And like Stauskas was on there all day. Like, and Glenn Ross, all those guys. All day. They were on there all day long, all the time. And it was just like, they had those weird, they had those weird moments as a team. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm not around this team as much, but I, everything I hear and read from you guys, it reminds me a lot of the growing pains that you go from there. And you end up fixing, you end up not worrying about those things in the end because you have enough talent. And you're right though, if the staff is good enough, and I think that we've seen that it is over the first two years, they're too yeah. talented not to have a pretty good year out of this. Now, the question at the end will be, was it close to as good as it should have or could have been? And that, that, that'll be something you can judge when it's over. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to look right. at that roster and be like, yeah, I mean, they're going to just... They're clearly an NIT team, Brendan. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. What? Like, it, and that's the thing. I like, mean, maybe, see, I guess, but like, it's a little early. Yeah, right. see, you see the age and the inexperience. Yeah. It is glaring. There are Some opposing teams are just dictating yeah, they, everything. Right. They dictate pace and style <laughs> right. and flow. And the Michigan guys that are out there are just kind of going with the game right. and being out-executed. And, like, I recommend – I'm potting with Dylan tomorrow, but, like, he uh, he has some of the defensive stats from that game are just mind-blowing. And it's just – yeah. That, that, right. Like, they were just – they just got carved, man. Right. And, and in fair – you know, look, on paper, Minnesota, not even remotely close to yeah. Michigan. Also on paper, Minnesota, top seven. They only play like six or seven guys. The top seven, they're all seniors and yeah, grad they're students. An old team. Their youngest guy is a junior 
And he's a transfer. He was a former first team All A ten player from George Washington. Who's a junior now, Jameson Battle. Yeah, like, they were old as shit. They right. buy in. They know exactly what they're doing out there, even though they were basically thrown together three months ago. But they're all old guys, right? You well, know? This and when is... I was talking to Johnson after the game, he was like, "Dude, these guys all walked in here. They were all so beyond thankful to be able to play in the Big Ten and yeah, at right. this level. And of course, all, there's got you got guys from." I don't even college of Charleston and GW and Lafayette shit like that. Yeah. They're, they're all so dialed on just being like, we are going to just run what we have to run and we're going to do all the little things to win. And that was, that's where they were in August. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of guys from Michigan been walking in being like, when's the parade. (laughs) (laughs) But this is also when, this is also when the best coaches do the best, do their best work. Hundred percent. And this is when like 100%. the really good staffs really show it to you, you know. Because, and in some ways, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure that Howard and those guys are pissed and frustrated, right? But like, I yes. bet you deep, I bet you deep down, there's probably some of them that are like, okay, well, now we'll have their attention if nothing else. Oh yeah. And now oh, we're yeah. gonna see some running, boys, as you run up and down <laughs> those stairs. Like that's what this feels like. They're about to go through here. Let's put the tra- let's put the puke trash buckets out on the court and see how long we can go today, okay? Yeah. Like I think that yeah. that's what we're gonna see from Michigan coming up because all these things that you're saying are like the opposite of what we just talked about with Michigan State, where it's like they got to get tough. You got to figure out what eight guys other than Eli and whoever you can put out there and mm-hmm. Dickinson that can do what it takes to win games in the Big Ten. And right now, if they looked out there and looked at themselves in the mirror, they'd say, we've got like two guys who know what it takes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that, at the end of the day, is what you got to solve. They have enough talent to solve it, surely. I wouldn't be yeah. panicking. But, you know, I mean, you're to your point and to everyone's point, this is where you really make your hay because this is when the best coaches really do their best stuff. And a lot of them almost look forward to these moments, you know, where they can really kind of mold the kid because – I would imagine there's nowhere else to turn if you're if you're a if you're a young player on the roster right now and you're like and you were waiting for a parade and you were resisting. You, after that loss, you're probably like, well, shit. I guess I don't know what yeah, else I, to say. And, and I don't Getting know how pretty bad like, out there, coach. <laughs> I don't know how much of it was. Resi- I don't think it like, re- like well, yeah, resisting maybe that's is the wrong word. word but yeah. I, I think it was much more of just like you know just but kind yeah, of being like a little, la- little laissez faire <laughs> about shit, where it's just like. Dude, exactly. you're about to go yeah. play Arizona, and those are a bunch of right. I don't know what you think this is. <laughs> who are going to be? You're about to go spend two hours watching them hang from the rims, bro. Yeah, like, man, it's going to get you bad. better be ready to go. And, hey, and these fans that have been these fans, Hunter, and these guys that have been rubbing your shoulders are going to fucking turn on you in thirty oh, seconds. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> so, oh yeah. They're learning all of it. I think they're getting all the the yep. fun experience. If you do it right, yep. it ends up being good for you. So it is, and it's always yeah. a. It's a fast. I, I think these are more, way more interesting teams to cover. Yeah, I agree. I agree because you know. there's there's too much talent, and I think that they're all serious about it. I don't get the sense because yeah. I, I read in your story, you know, the Dickinson's body language was getting to be like concerning, but it didn't seem like it was body language. It was just point. like that frustration. Yeah, it was like a, from a good you know? place almost, where it was like he's yeah. frustrated. It's not a bad thing that he's frustrated. It's a. It is. You don't want him to be frustrated, mm-hmm. but it's not like a selfish frustrated mm-hmm. it was like we yeah. need to get our shit together you know like so i i gotta think they'll be fun i would agree with your thing from the other day even still it's just like mm-hmm. it's too early to tell probably because they do have a lot they have to fix but you're, you're certainly not going to do it in a day or two i mean it's going to take a minute so yeah yeah we'll see so, all right we've got some questions here 
today. If they if they lose to Southern Utah or <laughs> Purdue Fort Wayne in the next two games, then we can reconvene. Wait, is that IU we'll... is that IUPU Fort Wayne or just Purdue Fort Wayne? They used to be Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne. IPFW. I, th- I, th- I think it's now That's Dane Fife's old school, right? Uh Indiana Purdue Fort yeah, Wayne. Yeah, in the horizon. Are you even saying it wrong? Disrespecting the Mastodons? I don't know. They, I think you have still you said, you I said think they Purdue. dropped. I think they dropped oh, they the did? Indiana no, part. Maybe. Just PFW now? Purdue Fort Wayne? Yes. <laughs> yes. Per, per Google, it is now Purdue right. Fort Wayne. Fair They're enough. Not, not bad mouth me. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> First question from uh, Motor City Spartans podcast. Michigan State basketball has been extremely balanced this year. What worries you most about Illinois, Purdue, et cetera, at the top? Is it being physical inside? I feel like we need to see more from Christie and Hauser offensively, but overall, not mad at anything so far. Your thoughts on? I didn't. I didn't catch the beginning of it. He said they've been very balanced. So, what worries you most about Illinois, Purdue, et cetera, at the top? Uh, is it being physical inside? He said he feels like they need to see more from Christie and Hauser on offense, but overall, he's not mad at much. Oh, so in terms of how Michigan State stacks up against yeah, the top stacks of the up league? against the top. What worries you? Uh, in, a, in, a, in a Michigan State yeah, I mean, matchup or Michigan State Purdue uh, matchup or Michigan State Michigan, I suppose, even if you wanted to go there. Shit, that's pretty I mean, far down the line. Down but the line, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, without going into like individual matchups against both of those teams, like there are, you know, Michigan State is still prone to those just ten minute stretches where the ball is a hot potato, and in games Too like much that, movement. yeah. Yeah, games like that, you know, you give a team 10 minutes with six turnovers Mm -hmm. to Purdue, they're not going to give them back, man, you know? So, um, (laughs) there's – I think Michigan State right now can match up and beat any team in the conference. Um, You know, it wouldn't be favored, so to speak, but I think it's capable. Um, So, that – and I, I really, I honestly, God, I think the defense can just keep them in anything, and it's a matter of any hit shots. And there's going to be any games game. where you don't, right. you know. So uh, they just look. need to stay within like three or four possessions every game. I'm telling you, that's Michigan right. State basketball. That's it. This team has, I think, this. That's a Spartans podcast. This guy would know this. I think this team has the DNA that you're looking for. It seems like it does to me. Yeah, I could be wrong, but and, I mean, I guess. You know, I think they have enough to overcome deficiencies like you're talking about in some of those areas. Yeah, and I mean... I would but, agree with that. So, and look, I mean, you can get into specifics, right? If if Bingham gets into foul trouble well, yeah. against a Illinois right. or against mm-hmm. a Purdue, yeah, you're going to be in some trouble, man, mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you really need Bingham and the options behind him are... Yeah. I think a, there's, a, there's a significant gap right. there. Right, yeah. Or if something happens to Tyson Walker, so insane, you know, yeah. whether it's foul trouble, whatever. Yeah, like, look, AJ. Not a ton of AJ Hogarth's had yeah. had nice moments, but there's still just a lot of tunnel vision there. They are a completely different team with Walker on the court. Um, but look, they're they're making threes. Uh, they have multiple shooters out there at any given time. Um, what are they? They're shooting almost thirty nine percent on threes. They're twenty eighth in the country. Hey, if you're getting stops, you know, and if, if, if you're doing, if, <laughs> yeah, that's. Right. Good brand of basketball right there, man. I say that so, works more often yeah. than not. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I like this one from Ben. Uh, he says he's got an insane thought on Michigan basketball, uh, that there's a Ewing theory dynamic at play with Musa Diabate. 
where mm. his and stay with me here. So he says where Moose's uh, sort of unicorn athletic nature and inexperience makes it hard for his teammates to play effectively alongside him. Uh, they looked more cohesive when he was out, at least he thought. Uh, do you think there's anything to that? Like, do you think there's anything to them trying to learn how to play around a guy that's like kind of freaky and can do everything? You know? And at the same time. And doesn't even really know them, what he can do. Yeah, right. Him learning to play with them, them learning to play with him. Yeah, I Yeah, I agree I with that, agree. actually. That's how, that makes sense. And I, I wrote it in that story where I said their two best games of the year were Nebraska and San Diego State. It can either be encouraging or disconcerting that Diabate did not play in those games. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I was looking at his on-off numbers earlier today. Uh, not great. Yeah. You know, the the offense with him on the floor is 0.94 points per possession. The offense with him off the floor, 1.04 points per possession. Maybe even more concerning. Well, actually, another one on the offense. They're shooting 40% on threes when he's off the court. They're shooting 24% on threes when he's on the court. Wow. Okay. If you look at the defensive side of the ball, which is a little worrisome because you think of him, okay, his length on the court, even if he's not playing well, he's going to give you a dynamic defensive presence and he's going to block shots and all that. Well, there's also the flip side of it, that he's going to blow assignments and teams are going to key on, you know, trying to put him into a weird spot or, or catch someone in a mistake based on him or him personally. The defense, when he's off the court, 0.87 points per possession. Very good. Mm-hmm. The defense, when he's on the court, 1.0 yeah. points per possession. So, yeah. you're. It's kind of a tough spot where it's like, okay, that's the reality right now. Okay, that these growing pains are going to put you in a hard spot, potentially. Yeah. When he's out there, at the same time, you you, you gotta you gotta let him play. You gotta you let him it's learn great. how to play. You gotta because your ceiling, in theory, is Diabate being a major piece of the puzzle. Yeah, of course, he's right. A, maybe I, the most talented guy you've got. I mean, in terms of raw athleticism. So, like, and I don't know what you do there. It's right. it's like. Coach him up, folks. And, like, he's kind of an odd guy. Figure it out is what you you do, yeah. You think of Juwan (laughs) as, like, a big man coach, right? But, like, Diabate is just such a different, unique guy. He's not the the Hunter Dickinson back to the basket. He's not the – I'm going to – Juwan Howard's going to go coach up Austin Davis and turn him into a guy (laughs) who's, you know, can can do this and that for you. Like, Diabate is just so his own thing um, that – yeah, they have to kind of figure that out on the fly a little bit. And, you know, whether it's using him in spot situations more. Yeah. But, like, you can't play him in the last five minutes of a game against Michigan State on January 8th. I don't think. Unless you're subbing maybe offense, defense, you want someone at the rim. You know, yeah. things like that. But, like, just in terms of running your stuff, right now, I don't think you can put him in that situation. It'd be hard and, to. Yeah, I, I, he's yeah. still learning how to – the finer points – it's a little bit like um, when you're talking about a guy. He started playing basketball when he was twelve. Right. It's a little and he bit played for four different high schools in five years. It's not the same, but it's a little bit like when I remember when uh, Wagner came over and started playing uh-huh. and had no idea what the hell he was doing defensively. <laughs> defensively, uh-huh. like he was completely lost. Like he'd never even seen like this style of whatever. Like that's mm-hmm. what it. And I wonder if there's a lag. And he got there, you know. Eventually, he's an NBA player, of course. He's a talented guy. He's going to figure it out. And that's what I would say with a kid like this. He is too talented. Not to 
smooth right. it out. And they, of course, I'm sure knew that something like this is probably going to happen. Um, or at least you'd have to go through some ups and downs uh, as he got his feet wet. Um, do a couple more and, and hop out here. Aaron has one for you. Uh, is there any... It wants to know from you, is there, a, is there a grasp as to how the dynamic, if at all, has changed with the new assistants uh, at Michigan State from recent years? And then also, if you haven't been to Angelo's in South Philly, he says you need to put that on your list. Have you been there, uh, to Angelo's in South Philly? Uh, this is crazy. This is the second person oh, that really? has told me this, this in Today? the last couple months that I have to oh, go to wow, Angelo's. Okay. I've never been there. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Aaron says you got to go. So. I got I got. I gotta hit it. Yeah. I got. I know of it. It's like it's okay. like a living room type place. It's just this Italian oh, place shit. that wow. like lo- that lo- that like looks like an old living room. That's pretty cool. And they just you know they're some eighty year old ladies making pasta in the back by hand or something like <laughs> that. One right. of those types of go. deals. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 Uh, I need to go to that. So um, on the staff staff dynamic. Yeah, I mean, it- it's like is it is it different? Of course, and you know part of it is. Dane Fife had a very um, kind of prominent role in, in coaching offense and and play calling in games, and you know now obviously he's gone, um, so things are different. But in terms of like dynamic personality wise, you know, I mean, man, Michigan State's Michigan State, and mm-hmm. and Monty was there eight years ago, and I doubt it's that dramatically different. Other than he's suddenly getting yelled at during games after being a head coach for as long as he was, and that's got to be a uh, right. An interesting uh, transition, <laughs> but you know Mike Garland's still Mike Garland. Wojcik's been there now, whatever three, four years. Like he, oh, it's a title change. Nothing changed with Wojcik, right? Um, yeah. And then Stevens is Stevens. So um, yeah, it's probably was good to get you know a different voice in there and maybe kind of reshuffle things a little bit. You know, things can always get stagnant. I don't think like. This is the longest. Nothing on this staff has changed in six years. I'm, I, I'm, I never see that as a good thing. So yeah, um, yeah, right. No, I agree with that. Yeah, that's almost too long. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be something I'd have to ask around more to get yeah. probably a a better grasp for. But I haven't heard anything that's just like, man, you would under you would believe what's going on in that office now. Right. It's all. It's a different world. I'm pretty sure it's Michigan State's Michigan State. Yeah, I would agree. If anything, it's probably more familiar than anything else. Last one. Oh well, Last actually, one. wow. I've got wow. two. I've got to go do a Dan Campbell thing. Actually, I've got, okay. I've got two for you here. One from Jason, who looks older and more out of shape. If you both were standing next to George Gervin, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we would both look horrific standing I, next to George Gervin. I was the Ice Man here. Oh, you, you met him. Oh you guys, my god! You hung out Unreal. there. Early, uh, how much Unreal. time did you yeah. get with him? I guess how much time did you get with him? I got like twenty minutes with him. Oh really? Um, yeah. And he's one of those guys. Like twenty minutes felt much like, longer than that. I was going to say gives yeah. these answers. He just and talked, just and like, you, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, he has this way of of talking. Here's the funny part, though. Nick, yeah. Like, so you know, I, I know I'm going over, I know I'm getting him for a, a sit down and they're like, we're going to put you in this room. It'll be just the two of you. And I'm like, perfect. Great. So I have like, very, you know, I spent two days like a lunatic reading everything I can find about Gervin. So George I have Gervin. very specific things to ask him. Um, I go walking into this room. There are God damn, there's three or four cameras <laughs> coming in. There's a guy with a boom mic. <laughs> Everyone's walking in, and there's just two chairs facing each other, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" What? <laughs> but I'm not going to be like, "Everyone, get out!" Right? I'm not going to pass on anything. It. Yeah, right. So I'm just like, "I guess we're doing it this way." 
So I just sit down and I start having this conversation with him. And the Iceman, he is the... The legend of legends, man. Coolest cat <laughs> I mean, on the planet. You don't get he, that nickname in those days without being the coolest guy ever, I would think, right? He introduced himself, himself as Ice. There's only one! Like, that's the he thing. Like, he goes, I say, he goes... Uh, Mr. Quinn, right? And I go, yeah. hey, he goes, I'm ice. Oh, he's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> There's only one. So I start right, asking right. these questions. These cameras are going all around. The boom mic's like almost hitting me in the head. I'm like, what the hell is this? I come to find out afterward, the yeah. guys that are that did the uh, Last Dance documentary oh. are making a documentary on him. Oh, are you going to be in it? I have no idea. Oh. I didn't sign anything. Oh, but apparently okay. they're just... They're following around. My interview. Well, that'll be fun yeah. to watch. I'll have to, I'll have to I, keep I, an eye out for that then. Big, dumb, red, old, alcohol-soaked <laughs> Irish head just popping up in this documentary. Hanging out with George Gervin. <laughs> I've got, here's another one that'll be up your alley for you from Bill Herbst. Uh, as a fan alum, which of the other Big Five schools does Brendan dislike the most? The only question that matters about your Big Five. Uh, have we done this Wait, before? Say, have we done the big five? Which that one I do hate, you? Which I, which other school, big five school, do you dislike the most? Do you hate the most? Oh, I dislike. Man, I mean, do you hate when the I most? was when I was when you were growing a kid. up. Yeah, that's yes. the real one. So when I, I was know, growing up, <laughs> which coach like did you Villanova kill? is the rival. Yeah. Okay. Right. They call it the Holy War back home, and whatever. <laughs> As you it's do. a whole thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the schools are six miles apart from each other. And Villanova would do the thing, right, where Villanova, they considered their mascot to be Georgetown. Or the rival, you mean? Yes, they considered oh, Georgetown so the, yeah, big to be their time rival. Joe. Yeah, oh, and they, buddy. So they big-time St. Joe's. Those bastards. So the inferiority complex was <laughs> oh. dialed all the way up, you know? <laughs> yeah. So Villanova was the big rivalry. Half my family... Not maybe not, maybe not half, but a lot of my family went to Villanova. Yeah, <laughs> the, the guy who my middle name is after yeah. is on my father's side, James A. Flaherty. My middle name's Flaherty, mm-hmm. so it's a family name on my father's side. James A. Flaherty was the former president of Villanova. Okay, so like the family split a little bit. We have, yeah. <laughs> we, have we have different factions, so that was always big. Um, but then I ended up covering Villanova when I got out of school. Yeah, that's right. And I covered their 08 team that went to the Sweet 16. I covered their uh, 09 team that went to the Final Four. I got to know all those guys. And, of course, you know, reality sets in. I'm like, my God, you know, these are all good. <laughs> I like Jay. And They're regular <laughs> so human beings. I enjoyed covering yeah. the program and all that. So <laughs> I have no issue. Of course, when, you know, with the, when the two play, you know, I'm still my alma mater and things yeah. like that. But uh, – yeah, and at at one point there, the Temple St. Joe's rivalry got like that's what I would think. Temple, re- yeah. it got really heated. That's back when like John Cheney sent in the goons. Remember that? Yeah, he yeah. he sent in a player to just so start bashing heads. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he broke a dude's arm, <laughs> and then then in the post game press conference, Cheney goes, yeah, "I went old school on it. I sent in the goons." And you're <laughs> what? Yeah, right? Like yeah, right? Jeez. That was kind of the beginning of the end for John. Yeah, you're like, okay, this is probably yeah, about yeah, done like here. Yeah. Him and Martelli didn't speak for like a year. And then a local... Remember I we remember had this. On? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah story. made the two have lunch, lunch together. Lunch or whatever it was. Place in Center City. Good it was just God. the two of them in a closed restaurant. <laughs> just insane. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good one to go out on, I'd say. <laughs> Unless you got any more here. 
Uh, no, I, was, uh, I was going through the list, see if we could bang out any more quick ones here. We got somebody's voting for uh, Dan Miller to be the next voice of uh, Michigan football. That'd when be, are we going to find out who that's going to be? What's that? Yes, uh, I was in the car for the uh, the uh, shout out to Dan Miller. Yeah, who I don't th- I'm not sure if I've ever met. We ever met? I don't think so. But well, I don't um, know why you would have. I mean, uh, he's typically just on the um, uh, Lions, and then yeah. he does. What else is it? It does Lions and then uh, Fox Two. Sorry, I gotta close this thing. Lions and then Fox Two. So I don't know why else you would have. Yeah. But I was in the car that day when when the Lions finally won that game. Yeah. And his his play by play call was he's top, great. Top top notch in terms of like capturing the moment, information. Yeah. He's all that great. Stuff. I mean, it was like I've texted you. I'm like, who the hell is the play by play guy for the Lions? Yeah. This is really good. good. It was either you or Burke. Or he whatever. really I does was, a like, great. Sent, yeah, I was like sending stuff. Burke quotes mm-hmm. from the. Yeah. Radio. I was like, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, he really does a good job. We're spoiled here, not just with Dan. Like Dan really knows his stuff. Like knows football, knows all the mm-hmm. ins and outs of the guys. You know, we've had George Blaha here forever with the Pistons, of course. Yeah, like, that's my brother's like personal hero. I feel like is George Blaha when we were kids. <laughs> all these guys over the years that have been Dan Dickerson with the Tigers. Everybody loves, and that's the one I think for a lot of people that they have the dream scenario. Could Dan Dickerson be the Michigan football? I don't know when we'll find that out, though. That's a good question. Hmm. I hmm. did see Deerdorf uh, on at the Big Ten championship game. I didn't ask him though. I'll ask him who's replacing you after <laughs> you're getting the boot here. Who's coming? How, who's coming in? How about, how- you want to put your name in for uh, no. for the color analyst? No, I'm good. good. I'm good. I'd get fired in one half. <laughs> It'd be amazing. <laughs> anyway. That would be amazing. All right. That'll be good for today. Good stuff. All right. Well, Nick, I appreciate it. It was a great talking some hoops. Yes, of course. Uh, I assume the next couple of weeks will be more football-centric, obviously. Um, you can be sure to catch our uh, signing day breakdown, which will never happen. <laughs> so put a pin in that. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. I am a man.